Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanfi. I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 11, Episode 5 of 7th Heaven. The title is The Replacements. The IMDb user synopsis is, Lucy tells two girls that they won't get access to the pregnancy home apartments, neither through her nor Annie, but such cheap rent remains a prize worth fighting for. When Eric's car breaks down, he learns that T-Bone, the movie ticket seller who has a crush on Lucy, is actually a courageous, abandoned kid. When the girls come to the Camden house, they recognize T-Bone as Theodore. Eric lets them stay for one night until Annie returns, even after discovering that they smoke pot. But Annie returns early and leaves it to the pastors to find a solution for the girls. Sandy makes Eric listen over the phone to her boyfriend Daniel, who she now believes to want only loveless sex and housekeeping comfort, as he states upfront intentions. Martin barges in. T-Bone insists that he can't stay or he'll spill the beans as long as Eric hasn't told the family about his heart problems, which he guessed after witnessing Kevin's sacrificed trousers, but Eric only tells Annie about his intention to keep homeschooling the twins. What was your first impression of this episode? After such a strong episode in the last one, it just all really went downhill very quickly. And I don't know if that's because everybody came back and then they added new characters or what, but it just... I mean, I did enjoy seeing Annie there, but, like, I don't give a shit about Sandy and Martin. And then they introduced these three other characters who I think, I don't know if the the show did this, like, purposefully calling them the replacements. I mean, like, we know that we're just trying to replace other characters, but, like, they're not good. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be, like, yeah, they're trying to replace other characters, but also, like, the Camdens are sort of, like, empty nesters because, like, Ruthie should be there, but, like, it's just the boys, and the boys say something about, like how all their siblings are gone, so it's supposed to be like, these are our new kids kind of thing. It's supposed to be cutesy, I think. But anyway, um, we teased it last time that we did receive an email, and I guess we'll just start with that because I think this was a pretty appropriate episode to discuss this. But as we said, we received an email from one of our listeners, Katie, um, and she just wanted to talk about briefly like uh, Brenda Hampton's daddy issues. This is something that we really hadn't picked up on I don't think. I Not mean, we really. just like notice the inconsistencies and in some of the way that that some of the characters act. Basically, she she pointed out for us that like throughout the history of the show, there's this um, sort of well, like obviously it's like based heavily in like patriarchal notions. This entire show, just because the Rev is you know like the leader of this town as the pastor and whatever, but there's this theme of, of very young men, kind of inappropriately young men, ready to step into the role of like fatherhood and. It, goes, it starts really with, like, Wilson, um, other than the fact that, like, he actually did have a baby to take care of, but he was immediately, like, going to marry the girlfriend that he got pregnant. Then after that, it was, like, when Robbie was immediately ready to step up when Cheryl was fake pregnant. And even going back to, like, the first or second, the second episode where Matt is, like, ready to step in and help this this pregnant woman he meets, as well as Simon had that similar storyline um, when his friend was pregnant and he was actually the person who was responsible for like getting the baby to a safe place. So, um, I never noticed it. And I guess what the, the, we did recognize and, and discuss that like Robbie was the first, not Robbie, um, Martin was like the first young male character who like wasn't ready, like immediately ready to like step up and take on this like fatherhood role. But immediately, as soon as the baby was born, it seems like some sort of like switch flipped and he's like, oh, now, like, we need to be this, like, nuclear family. Um, so, yeah, and then, like, these issues did, she did make comparisons to 
These Issues in Secret Life of the American Teenager, another Brenda Hampton show, um, which does, like, I did watch it, not super, like, in my memory, but of course there was a lot of drama surrounding fatherhood and care of babies, but also, again, back to, like, being, like, you have these, like, 16 or 17-year-old kids who are, like, almost, like, eager to, like, take on this responsibility so anyway do you have anything to say about it i mean yeah it's just i uh, thanks katie for pointing it out to us but yeah it's just really not realistic and i don't think it was realistic back when the show was airing and it's clearly not realistic now i think i mean the show started airing in the mid 90s and i feel like that at that point this idea of like non-nuclear families was pretty prevalent Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't like i don't think it was i feel like sometimes this show suffers a lot from talking about things and talking around things in a way that isn't really, like, um, symbolic of the time it's actually being shown to people. Like, they t- they talk around that sex, they talk around pregnancy, they talk around a bunch of these issues, but these are things that were, like... I mean, the 90s were not... I mean, I know the 90s were, like, what, 30 years ago now? But, like, 20 years ago now? Yeah. But, you know, they were, they weren't that... It wasn't the 70s. Right. Or the yeah. 80s, even. Like, I feel and like... I, I mean, the, I think, really, the, the emphasis or whatever they're trying to do is, like, this, like... Because this is, like, a fake... It's a television show, and it, the, the most realistic response that any of these people ha- had was Martin's response. Like, that's, like, very much what I would expect. Like, the, that's like how teenage boys who are told, like, are you going to be a father? And they're like, oh, that's great, but, like, I don't really care, and generally are not. Like, that's kind of and I also the way th- that things are, mm-hmm. and that's, like, the reality of this. Um, so I don't know if it was just this, like, sort of, like, they were trying to be, like, role models of, like, young men, you need to be responsible and step up, and this is the way you need to act if you, um, get someone pregnant, but, um... It kind of rubbed me the wrong way, I feel like. It puts all this, like, oh, look at how great they are for, like, stepping up, and this is what we should expect of them. But at the same time, like, why do we have these issues in the first place? Cause you won't talk about birth control uh, right, yes. on the show, on the show or, you know, I feel like it actually would have been really interesting if they made Sandy a single mother. Um, I mean, they say, cause they were really empowering Sandy. I felt like they spent a lot of the season empowering Sandy and kind of making us really dislike Martin and like kind of, and be like, fine, if you don't want to be a part of it, you don't have to be a part of it. And it would have been really awesome to see kind of like this, like single mother, like doing her best, like killing it and stuff. And I think that's what we're trying to get from Sandy now, but, like, then we're having this, like, Martin... Whatever. It's... The show is fucking ridiculous, honestly. Um, So... uh, So, we will get into this episode. Uh, Much like the last episode, it is, like, kind of a single storyline just following the Rev and the people around him. So it's going to be another, like, sort of scene by scene, but we will start with the cold open, which is uh, this, like, teen... like. I guess older teen girl, like two older teen girls, uh, with Lucy outside of the like the home for young mothers that her and Annie have started and been heading up, um, and one of them is pregnant or appears to be pregnant, uh, and Lucy is like getting ready to turn over keys to her or something like that. They're just discussing her move into this uh, home. But then I think the, okay, so there's, it's a redhead who is not named in this episode, uh, but we, like, through IMDb. Um, Her and, name is apparently Margaret. Right. Yeah. And then um, it's, the other one is named Jane, which we find out later, but we're just going to call her Jane now. She's played by uh, Sarah Wright, 
um, who people will recognize. She's done, like, bit parts and different things. Um, she, but I recognize her from Parks and Rec. She, I th- believe, is... Um, What's-his-face's, like, daughter. Jesus, that's great. What a great yeah. description. Really. Yeah, what's-his-face. Um, you know, the guy who they don't remember. Ron Swanson? Rem- <laughs> no, not Ron Swanson. The one that they don't remember his name ever, his daughter. Toby. Oh, that's the office. That's the office. Um, anyway. Uh... Anyway, I will say that both of these girls um, reminded me of people that have been on previous episodes of Seventh Heaven as guest stars. They have not. We have never been introduced to these characters before. But I was like, I could swear that I was like, two or three seasons ago, they like guest starred in like different roles. But they didn't. They just look so, so familiar. I didn't really recognize either one of them from anything, though. So Margaret um, kind of, like, squeaks every a lot. Like, I feel like she's, like, realizing that they're... I don't know. Basically, Lucy gets um, wind of the idea that maybe she's not pregnant because um, uh, Jane isn't pregnant because Jane takes a pillow out from under her and she's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, she, she tells her yeah, she's never yeah. pregnant. But, like, I mean, yeah, so... I forget how they get to it where she's like, I'm going to reveal this because I think... Oh, yeah, because... Yeah, the other it, one was, oh, like, no, squeaking, Lucy, right? Yes, Lucy's like, what trimester are you in? And this girl's, like, the ninth, and the other girl is just, like, squealing... Mm-hmm. And not saying anything, and then Lucy was like, she thinks she's in her ninth trimester. I don't think she knows what she's like. She clearly does not know what she's talking about. I don't think she's pregnant. So Lucy kind of is like, wait, what is going on here? So she she removes the pillow. So actually, this is an interesting commentary, which they don't really spend a lot of time on, but I think they should, which is, uh, and this is something that Jane brings up, which is like, oh, you're you're helping pregnant women and you're pregnant teens and you're helping substance abusers and like, uh, all this stuff, uh, alcoholics, but, like, what about other people that just need help? So they're basically, like, so the whole thing is, like, them trying to scheme a way into getting in a, one of these, like, really cheap apartments, because apparently it's $350 a month for rent, um, which, all right. It's just very cheap. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this comes back to, so I don't know exactly how the Rev runs into, so the Rev is to, The Rev is leaving. The Rev is leaving somewhere. He's leaving church. He's, like, work, basically. He's getting into his car, um, and his car won't start. Right. And so, and when he's like, oh, shit, I have to figure out how to get this car to work, we run into the, he runs into T-Bone. T-Bone, like, alludes to the fact that he's living around here, but what it actually is is that he's, like... Well, he doesn't reveal this all right now, but yeah, so he's, he's like, I'm living around here, but we learn in the end that he's, like, squatting at the church, yeah. or some nights he stays in the movie theater ticket booth where he works. So he is uh, parentless and shelterless, um, and basically moneyless. And he, I think the I think the Rev gets like, compelled to kind of help him because he realizes that even though T Bone doesn't have any money and is kind of like short on food all the time, he went out and spent money on a pizza for Lucy to like help her feel better. Also to try to get into bed with her, but like, you know, whatever. So he's like, as Martin once said, you never know when pizza is going to turn into sex. Um, so they, so he like, so T-Bone like accompanies the Rev home. And while this is happening, we see that the other two girls, Margaret and Jane, Jane are, um, they're like hiding in the Rev's office and are now using that as a place to smoke. Yeah. Like smoke cigarettes, not because we learn later that's, but so... Um, and, and the Rev apparently does not know this is going on. Yeah. And then Lucy calls and is leaving a voicemail, and they unplug his phone for some reason. But well, cause I guess like, they're mad at her yeah. because she won't let it, them live in the home for on the, unwed mothers. On the walk home, T-Bone, again, all these people that aren't really the Camdens are figuring out that there's something wrong with the Rev, but the actual Camdens can't figure it out. 
So T-Bone's like, there's something wrong with you. You're not healthy, and I know about it, and you should really tell your family about it and stop, you know, like, hiding it from them. And when they get when they get home, T-Bone goes upstairs to, like, see the hamsters because now he's the new best friend of, these, of the twins, and that's when the Rev runs into Jane, who... I've just dis- I've disliked. I don't, yeah, no, yes, yeah. annoying. The actress is not good, and because anyway, so Jane's the, like, Jane runs into the Rev, and the Rev is like, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" She explains her whole thing about like, "I wanted to stay at the Unwood Mother's home, but I'm not going to be a mother. But what's the difference? Because I'm, I'm a homeless like young person, and it's not like there's no one out there trying to help me, and you should be helping me." But she's doing this all with kind of a, an attitude, and she's, like, being bitchy, and I was like, I get the idea. I think they're trying to, like, make her this, like, cynical street kid who just, like, you know, life has treated her so bad, so she's, like, going to be an asshole to everyone because the world has, like, been stacked against her up until this point. But just the actress is so over the top. She rolls her eyes at, like, with with every single, like, word she speaks, she's, like, rolling her eyes. So it's just, over, like, too much. And I'm also, like, she's asking for help. And the Rev is like, I don't know, I need to think about it, I will consider helping you. And she's like, oh, well, like, why Like, why can't you just tell me you're going to, like, help me? And she's kind of, like, in his face, and I'm like, he has no obligation to you other than, like, that's what the Camdens do. So she's kind of nasty. Um, and then the Rev, at a certain point, is like, oh, do I smell pot? And she's like, yeah, and then they have this whole discussion about how he's like, you're not going to bring illegal drugs into my house, and also you can't pay rent, but you can spend $50 on pot and she was like, fifty dollars isn't gonna pay rent. And then she says doobies, which is great. Yeah, it's it's just I get like the whole like it's me against the world, so I'm gonna like put the, on this tough exterior and stuff. But also like realize the situation you're in. She's like he's talking about how like his life's kind of been turned upside down since all these people have basically come into his home, and his wife's coming back, and he hasn't had a chance to do all the things he needs to do. And she responds by saying, "I'm sorry, my life got in your way." It's like this guy is giving you a place to sleep for the night. Just I don't know, shut up. <laughs> like there's no yeah. need, you don't do like whatever. You've also been squatting in his office, and like that's like whatever. So, um, she also brings Quiet Redhead in, who is. Like, her whole entire, like, character is she doesn't speak. Yeah, and she says that. Whenever someone says anything directly to her, she just says that, like, referring to Jane, she'll be like, she's doing the speaking. And, like, a few times people are like, no, we are, like, asking you to speak now. But anyway, that's her whole character. The Rev is, like, making some spaghetti for dinner. Everybody's helping his three new kids and the twins. And Annie walks in and is like, surprise! Wait, wait, before Annie walks in, we get a phone call from Daniel. Daniel, we haven't seen, I don't think, since the first episode. He is the guy that Sandy's kind of been seeing. Um, Oh, we've seen him before? Yeah, he was in the first episode. Um, So he's called, and this is, again, ridiculous. He's called the Reverend because they're going to, so Sandy and him are going to base whatever the Reverend says to do on how to, like, go forward. Yeah, go forward in their relationship. So his whole thing is like, so Martin and her might have a chance together, but I also really like her. So should she be with me or should she be with Martin? And the rev says, you guys, everybody should just remain friends. And then they hang up the phone and then they start making out. And Sandy kind of, I think, gets like she thinks that he's or she figures out that he's trying to sleep with her. Right. When he and this I didn't get this either because I thought that was the implication at first because he stops and he's like, 
I thought that now we could, like, move to, like, Eris, he was like, how long before we can, like, move to the next, like, level or step in our relationship? And I thought that was him asking, but then he's like, I want to be your boyfriend. And I was like, oh. So, I like, but then from that, Sandy is like, you just want to have sex with me. And I don't think that was ever really made, like... I mean, other than the fact... And then he just goes along with it, and he's like, oh, yeah, you you got me. Um, And then Martin bursts in, but... (laughs) Uh, but we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as as uh, Aaron said, Annie says, surprise, and she's like, all these people are in my home. Um, and then the Rev basically, like, tells her, it's whatever. Like, they, they talk about, um, I think the Rev's trying to hide the homeschool stuff, so he's like, you should leave in the morning and I'll handle the twins. So he's trying to be like, oh, get find them a place to stay, or go speak to the social worker with like, these two teenage girls. And Annie's like, something's going on, tell me what's going on. And this is when the phone rings again, and this time it's Sandy calling back, and so Sandy has the Rev on the phone as her and Daniel... Yeah, have a discussion. Yeah. And nobody can actually hear what the Rev is saying, because the phone's, like, down somewhere. Not near anyone's ear, yeah. And so they're talking, and basically he's like, oh, uh, Daniel says, I thought you and I were on the same page, but we're not. Um, but if you don't have, want to have sex, then we won't have sex, but I still want us to be exclusive, and maybe we'll re- we'll talk about this again in a few months when, once we've gotten to know each other. And when Sandy's like, okay, that's when Martin bursts through the door, and is like- I know I- you saw me in the parking lot. <laughs> He's like, I tried to do the same thing with you, and you're not talking to me, but he did the same thing with you, and now you guys are together. And that's where that storyline ends. So I guess Martin just had his ear to the door and could hear everything perfectly. Also, I know that this is, like, rude or whatever, but um, Tyler Hecklin is growing up, and I don't know what character choices they're making, but they're trying to make him look older, or they're not trying to make him look older, but, like, he just constantly had this has this five o'clock shadow, which looks like somebody has, like, painstakingly put makeup on his face that makes it look like he has a five o'clock shadow, and it's unnecessary. It just does not look good. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was makeup. I don't I can't tell. Which would be, like, a very deliberate character choice from people who are in charge at 7th Heaven. I can't tell if it was makeup or if he actually just has a shadow and they're trying to cover it up with makeup to try to make him look younger. I don't really fucking know. Anyway. So, um, that's, like, yeah, that's where that leaves off. And then we're back at the house and the Rev does finally sit down with Annie and he, um, oh, wait, yeah, he just... When does he does reveal it? I forget. Like there were two different conversations. Yeah, There's he, the one where he's like, "You take the girls out and figure out where they're gonna live." But then the second conversation is. When I think Annie's like he, says like I think you're hiding something. All this bullshit, and um, he reveals the hamsters and the homeschooling, and she's way into it. Yeah, even though she was all about her freedom, literally like five seconds ago, she's like, "You're right." In this a, a the we've gotten so old now that we don't have to listen to anybody and we can say no and we can do whatever we want and we should be able to raise our kids however we want. And also, this is I think the show being a little meta as well because they're like, we lost our time with our kids. We're never going to see those kids again. Da 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 da. And so it's like a thing of like, yeah, we're not going to see Matt or Sarah, or Sarah obviously Matt or Mary or Simon, any yeah. ever again. Um, and that's kind of where the episode ends, but, like, we're still, you know, nobody knows what, or nobody of importance... We're still in the dark about, about what, what yeah. exactly is going on or what the doctor told the Rev, but, like, other people outside of the family know, so that's uh, where we're at with that. Yeah, so, just to recap, the house, which was formerly the Rev, Annie, and the twins, 
is now the Re- Rev, Annie, and the twins. And Jane, Margaret, and T-Bone. Yes. Jane and Margaret are staying in the garage apartment and for happy. one night. And the hamsters. <laughs> Whereas T-Bone is staying in the house for one night, apparently. But well, I'm they sure can't have g- the boys and the girls together in the garage apartment. Just the- right. But they should probably put the boy in the garage apartment and the girls in the, in the house, right? Why? Why? Why do you say that? Patriarchy, protect the women. Okay, well that's all right. Um, um, wait, uh, we haven't done this in a while, but we haven't done like a fashion corner in a while. But it, like probably not since like '90s fashion was the thing. But now here we are in 2006, mid aughts, and for most of this episode, or actually all of it, T Bone is rocking one of the like most classic mid aughts look that you can get. He's wearing an American Eagle polo shirt, but underneath it, he is wearing a long sleeve T shirt, which. It was just, like, not necessarily a polo shirt, but people do it with T-shirts, too. Mm-hmm. Just this, this like, short-sleeved shirt over a long-sleeved shirt. And people don't do it anymore. And it, I don't know what the purpose of it was or the utility, but I think, like, it, I think it was, at, like, perceived as being stylish for a while there. So that happened. Also, uh, Jane has a tram stamp. Yes. Um... Maybe we will. Maybe you'll see that on our social media, which you can check out after we've given this episode a score. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it a one point five. Uh, fame. It was shitty. Uh, also, this is the first time we haven't seen Kevin since Kevin started on the show. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, okay, so you can check out the tram stamp and what all these uh, different new people look like. Um, in our social media, facebook.com slash camdencast. We are at CamdenCast Show on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can email us, CamdenCast at gmail.com. We will read it and we will talk about it. Um, otherwise, you can listen to us on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, it's uh, Cam- CamdenCast, uh, SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast or CamdenCast on Stitcher or on the iTunes Apple Podcast app on new episodes on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I'm Tammy. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. Oh,